Fighting the Surveillance State Begins with the Individual by Joseph Lawrence, an audiomesis wire narrated by Million Quinteros. It's a well-known fact at this point that in the United States and most of the so-called free countries, that there is a robust surveillance state in place collecting data on the entire populace. This has been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt by people like Edward Snowden, a national security agency NSA whistleblower who exposed that the NSA was conducting mass surveillance on U.S. citizens and the world as a whole. The NSA used applications like those from PRISM systems to piggyback on corporations and the data collection their users had agreed to in the terms of service. Google would scan all emails sent to a Gmail address to use for personalized advertising. The government then went to these companies and demanded the data, and this is what makes the surveillance state so interesting. Neo-Marxists like Shoshana Zuboff have dubbed this surveillance capitalism. In China, the mass surveillance is conducted at a loss. Setting up closed-circuit television cameras and hiring government workers to be a mandatory editorial staff for blogs and social media can get quite expensive. But if you parasitically leech off a profitable business practice, it means that the surveillance state will turn a profit, which is a great asset and an even greater weakness for the system. You see, when that is what your surveillance state is predicated on, you've effectively given your subjects an opt-out button. They stop using services that spy on them. There is software and online services that are called open source, which refers to software whose code is publicly available and can be viewed by anyone, so that you can see exactly what the software does. The opposite of this and what you're likely already familiar with is proprietary software. Open-source software generally markets itself as privacy-respecting and doesn't participate in data collection. Services like that can really undo the tricky situation we found ourselves in. It's a simple fact of life that when the government is given a power, whether that be to regulate, surveil, tax, or plunder, it is nigh impossible to wrestle it away from state outside somehow disposing of the state entirely. This is why the issue of undoing mass surveillance is of the utmost importance. If the government has the power to spy on its populace, it will. There are people, like the creators of The Social Dilemma, who think that the solution to these privacy invasions isn't less government, but more government, arguing that data collection should be taxed to dissuade the practice, or that regulation needs to be put into place to actively prevent abuses. This is silly to anyone who understands the effect regulations have and how the internet really works. You see, data collection is necessary. You can have email without some elements of data collection because it's simply how the protocol functions. The issue is how that data is stored and used. A tax on data collection itself will simply become another cost of doing business. A large company like Google can afford to pay a tax. But a company like ProtonMail, a smaller, more privacy-respecting business, likely couldn't. ProtonMail's business model is based on paid subscriptions. If there were additional taxes imposed on them, it's possible that they would not be able to afford the cost and would be forced out of the market. To reiterate, if one really cares about the destruction of the surveillance state, the first step is to personally make changes to how you interact with online services and to whom you choose to give your data. For more content like this, visit Mises.org.